place like me doing in a girl like this yeah something like that hey guys welcome back to spooky tuesday a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers thrillers monster movies and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week i'm sydney thompson i'm monica height and i'm chelsea duff and this week we are also joined by a very special guest uh my friend ellen ellen would you like to introduce yourself Hi, I'm Eleanor Clover, the author of 7% of Road Devereaux, which is a YA novel that has a romance plot that I would say rivals the love between Rick and Evie in The Mummy. Wow, okay, wow. powerful <laughs> statement. I got chills, wow. I got chills. I do what I can, you know. <laughs> As the shameless self-promoter of the pod, I respect it and I love it. And I can't wait to read your book. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. I love the podcast and it's a joy to talk to you in person instead of just listening to you when I drive in my car. <laughs> yeah. Ellen's a longtime listener. She saw, she's, she came with me when I saw bodies, bodies, bodies. Sure did. Um, she was an enjoyer for the record. Um, mm-hmm. But when I was staying with her, I was just like, Ellen, what is your favorite movie of all time? And do you know what she said? Immediately without thinking. She said the mummy. Oh, and she's got the mummy merch on. Oh, she's got the mummy merch on. Yeah. Ellen, tell us about what you're wearing tonight. (laughs) I am wearing a beautiful oversized t-shirt that has a picture of Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss in a loving embrace. And it says the mummy 1999 (laughs) is perfect. Just true. It's a super yucky classic, is it not? It sure is. And Chelsea is the one that sent me the link to it. <laughs> and I sent it to you multiple times until a purchase was made. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She really guilted me into it. It didn't take much though. <laughs> I mean, it's the, it's the decision that needs to be made. I like slept on the bumper sticker that they have that says honk. If you'd rather be watching the 1999 cinematic masterpiece, the mummy starring Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. is it Weiss or Weiss. I need to know this moving into this entire episode about the movie. Hmm. I thought it was Weiss, but I could definitely hear it. I think it's Weiss, but... I've been saying it with a weird V sound my whole <laughs> life. I mean, it's got that Z in there. I understand I think that you putting like some flair on it. Rachel Weiss? Like, I think it's like... <laughs> Ooh. Sing it. Rachel Weiss? We have to sing there, it like that the whole time? There's a oh, song. Wikipedia says it is maybe with a V sound. Yeah. Is it oh. going to speak this for me when okay, I... Okay, Monica. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so I know about stuff. Anyway, spoiler alert. We're covering the mummy today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and listeners, what just for one second, let me just say I've missed you. <laughs> this is our first episode back after a two-week hiatus, and it's felt like seven years. And I forgot what the sound of my own voice sounds like. I forgot about what Sydney looks like. I don't know who Chelsea is anymore because it's been two weeks, even though I saw probably both of them within that time span. Um, but we've missed you so much, and we're back with 2020 in 2023 with a bang with the greatest film of all time potentially um and so starting out if you've never seen the mummy i could burst into t- i'm emotional i'm crying right now because you've never lived um if you've never seen the mummy then you've never lived um sure. but if you if you need a little context 
there's a beautifully written IMDb little plot line for you. How, how about that? An archaeological dig in the ancient city of, okay, I got to practice all of these words. Hold on. Hamanoptra. Got it. Good job. Yeah. An American serving in the French Foreign Legion accidentally awakens a mummy who begins to wreak havoc as he searches for the reincarnation of his long lost love. That actually explained a lot of the beginning of the movie to me um, that I didn't quite understand. Like the whole Brendan Fraser intro part didn't get mm-hmm. it. <laughs> but apparently it was part of the French Foreign Legion. Who knew? I d- certainly did not. I sure didn't either, but that really explains why he like shouts in French when you first see him. I was was like, why is he in a war? Why is he speaking French? I'm just completely lost, but it doesn't matter because the movie's not about that. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. just knew it was very sexy. I love when people yell at me in French, quite frankly. Agree. Fully agree. If you're going to yell at me, it should probably be in French because I won't know the mean things that you're saying and it'll sound nice. It's going to sound sexy. Exactly. You that. could be saying something romantic. It sounds like it. Sorry, French people. Just with so much <laughs> passion and your voice and your tone, your body. Yeah. Oh, man. But okay. Again, if you haven't seen The Mummy, stop what you're doing. Go watch it. But if you have, it's literally, you know... yeah, I mean, it's available streaming for free on Hulu right now. If you're listening, presumably for a while. Yeah, I mean, you have to watch it. It's two hours and five minutes long, and it's the best two hours and five minutes that you'll ever experience. We're being a little overzealous, but it's true. And it has the best cast in the entire world, probably. I don't know. Every time I watch this, I find someone else attractive, you know, that I hadn't really <laughs> noticed before. I haven't really given like it Benny? time to. Who was it this time? Oh, yeah. Okay, I have a lot of Benny thoughts. I... <laughs> I have a lot of Benny thoughts and none of them are I'm into him. I'm not there oh. yet, but give me another watch. <laughs> next time, maybe. Watch. You'll be on the lookout next time. <laughs> oh, Benny. <laughs> but I, I mean, cute. I loved his eyeliner. I did like the eyeliner. I did love the eyeliner so much. Mm-hmm. Um, we love a good but, eyeliner moment. Yeah. I've been thinking about doing the all around eyeliner thing. Cause I've watched all those TikToks about putting it on and then washing your face. Um, and so Benny has already done that. He's already sure. perfected that look. And I think you he, need some stress sweat to really bring it home, but no, you maybe need the fez. Will do it. You need the okay. fez too. That's the only way to make it happen. <laughs> Monica, you'd look great in a fez. You know I'm sure what? she You're has not one. the first person to say that to me. <laughs> and I, Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. What can I say? I'm a giver of compliments. Okay, wait. So Monica, who was your new sexy person this time around? Well, I was giving some moments for uh, the Americans this time. Another person who I think is sexy, and I just think he's sexy because he's in a lot of films. Um, Eric Avari, the guy who plays the doctor, Terrence Bay, <laughs> the like doctor who is a... Uh, uh, Evie, Rachel Weiss's oh, her boss. boss. I mm-hmm. think that he's handsome in an exciting way. Uh, another yeah, he's a problem, a problematic feeling that I had as well was that Jonathan Hyde, who plays Dr. Alan Chamberlain, he is wildly misogynistic in this movie. I still thought he looked hot in the feds too. <laughs> also, isn't he an anaconda? Oh yeah, he is. Yeah. An icon, a mean icon. He's a he's a bad boy icon. 
He loves to play that kind of role, I guess. I know. And I don't think I've given enough time to Emotet in the past. Um, Arnold Vos- Voslu. I don't know how to say his last name. Um, but that man looks gorgeous in this film. And I read some trivia and he had to be shaved two times a day to be that shiny. And that's going <sighs> to Shaved twice two a times a day, twice a day. His whole body had to have no hair. Um, I don't know, like, did it, did it really need to have no hair? But that is what the internet has told me. I have referenced it in the references. Okay, you can see my sources. Um, and apparently they did attempt waxing so it would last longer. And I think it went really bad because he vetoed he didn't like that it. shit. <laughs> and then, so they did the, the two shave a day instead, which is fair. I don't wax either, honey. I get it. <laughs> Get over he's it. Beauty is wow. pain. He's a shiny boy and he's and filled his whole with powerful body, rage. Men don't like that. I don't know why, but have you seen the 40-year-old virgin <laughs> virgin? Excuse me. Um, <laughs> we know how that goes. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. I guess I've never had my chest waxed. So maybe it is a uniquely painful experience. I guess it's not for me to weigh in on. Well, sensitive. Here's the thing. If I can get my pussy waxed, you can get your chest waxed. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. You know, anyway, Arnold couldn't, and that's all right. But okay. Then I've told you about my new sexy hotties. Who are your sexiest hotties of this, of this movie? Who, who really gets you going? Cause it's that kind of a film. It is a film full of sexy people. Um, I, I maintain that Benny is one of them. So I really don't know why nobody else is picking that up. Um, but obviously Anaxunamen, like her first entrance is like a show stopping moment. And especially you think she's in like these fishnet, like stockings, this like bodysuit, And then you discover it's literally just paint and a loincloth. Like it's incredible. Oh, she looks so good. The body paint. I could not breathe when she was strutting and she is the uh actress who plays her isn't actually an actress she's a peruvian supermodel and an actress she was incredible in this (laughs) now she is like before this you know she and apparently she's like the main antagonist in the sequel Mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna say i was gonna watch I was, I did watch this movie twice. Um, And the first time I watched it was with Ellen and Ellen is an expert on the film, but I was realizing when we started (laughs) it that like, I don't think I've watched this movie in 20 years, probably. Like I did not really remember much of it. Um, And I have seen scenes that I guess are from the sequel that I kept expecting to be part of this movie and they were simply not. Sad for me, sad for Anaxunamen. I know, I know. I also was like, doesn't she get to like at least be sexy again at the end? No, it's in the entire second film. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this movie, I don't know even if I watched the full thing as a kid. I mostly have child memories of um, the ride because I waited the ride in Universal. Line on yeah. opening day for the ride. <laughs> like I literally was there on opening day. It was like a five hour line. It was terrible. It was in the middle of the summer. It was so hot. It was disgusting. Um, I stand by it. Me and my dad it. waited in line for five hours. That ride fucking slaps. That is the best ride that there is. That is my favorite ride it ever. It's so scary. The scary part freaked my 
fucking shit out when I was little. Yeah, well, okay, that's a, uh, intentional. <laughs> the scarabs that are also simple. the scariest part of the movie, so yeah. that tracks. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah, that's Ugh. something that's really interesting about this movie because, like, it has such an interesting history. Like I mentioned, the ride's at Universal. This is a Universal property. <laughs> it is part of the dark universe. <laughs> the dark universe. <laughs> which is the DCU, the dark cinematic universe, Um, which is my favorite thing to talk about. But this movie went through so many iterations before we actually got anything because it was originally a 1932 classic horror film. I've not seen it. I'm sorry. Um, Have any of you? No. 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 no, I didn't yeah. even know that. I would. I would. And it's like a, a no. I think it was like there are a few movies. Like there's like a, a series of mummies movies. A franchise. Yeah, a franchise, some might say. Um, a mummy cinematic universe before they even <laughs> did cinematic universes. Um, and like since the 80s, they were trying to bring it back. Universal's like, we need that money, honey. Um, mm-hmm. and they're trying so hard. And they had so many people attached to it to make it like a true horror movie, you know, like, because this is on a horror movie podcast, but we have loosey goosey rules. So there's some (laughs) horror elements for sure. But would we call this a true horror movie, ladies? What do we think? I don't know. You got mad at me when I said Bones and All was an unconventional in the horror genre. So I think we can keep it as a, a wide, expansive I agree. Encompassing. No, yeah, yeah, it's like horror comedy. It's monster movie for sure. And -hmm. it's romance and it's an adventure movie. It's giving Indiana Jones, like it's got all of these things, but they're trying to make it true, true horror. So they first had George Romero attached to the project back in like the 80s, but that didn't work out. Then they had Clive Barker write a treatment for this, which, uh, Oh, also the guy who did Hocus Pocus, Mick Garris did one too. Oh. Yeah. The Clive Barker one was apparently like darker and more violent, dark, sexual, and filled with mysticism. I would have loved to see it. Have y'all seen Hellraiser? That appeals to me. I just recently watched Hellraiser, but I just saw for the first time, like in the last two months. Fucked. We'll do it on the pod. Um, So I can only imagine his take on this sweet, sweet film. And even uh, Joe Dante was in the mix for a minute, our Gremlins boy. Um, Mm. And he had a whole thing planned with Daniel Day-Lewis playing the monster. It was like a beautiful vision. How wonderful for him. Um, But all of these things got scrapped and they weren't working until, what's his name? Steven Summers? Yes, I remember. Steven Summers. He wrote his own version, um, at, and that's what we got today. And he went a little fun with it. He went comedy. He said it in the 1920s, which is a different setting than um, others had done. And he added that romance element that gets everybody going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, oh, yeah. that's what ended up winning at the end. Because also in the original, um, Anaxunamen was the Pharaoh's daughter, not his mistress. And so it's like a double romance addition to the film, which is nice. Mm. Yeah. And it's and, like, oh, gives parallels too. So I have so many feelings about that, that tragic romance aspect of it. But I have one funny thing to say, and then we can talk about it. Apparently, one of the big reasons that this movie was greenlit was because 
1998, Babe, Pig in the City was a huge bomb for Universal. It did like really, 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 really bad. And so the studio like really needed a hit. And so they're like, okay, like this is, we're riding everything on the mummy because Babe, Pig in the City did so poorly. And I just thought wow. that was really lovely. Sorry, Babe, Pig in the City, but thank you. Your failure. They did what Babe, Pig in the City could not. <laughs> you really thought babe, that pig, pig could hold the whole thing on his back. He just doesn't have that genesis that Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss have together. I'm so sorry. The romance between Babe, the pig, and the city was not strong enough. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, this is the beginning of this movie. You're talking about the the romance, um, uh, between Emotet and I can't say it without singing. Anaxunamen, thank you. You can't say um, it without singing. Without seeing it, sorry. Oh, I can, I, like, I don't know how I would concert. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm not the singer of the pod. We've had someone else decide that I'm not the singer of the pod. When the listeners speak, we listen. So I can take it was that. Me, they decided, by the way. Yeah, yeah. By the way, it was Chelsea. <laughs> um, and I'm so humble about it. So yeah she took it super well and would like did not rub it in our faces at all so that sounds like her cool. <laughs> but um I think this was probably the most epic opening I've seen in a long time and we just watched Santa Jaws so that's saying something <laughs> like the world building like I learned everything about Egypt all of it's fake by the way um so quickly what it's fake uh, yes. Can you believe it? Can you believe they didn't do their research on making everything historically accurate? Crazy. I know. It's wow. insane. The pharaoh, yeah, that, I mean, that pharaoh lived 1300 years or something after Emotet and Emotet wasn't a priest. He was a builder. Oh, he was an architect. Yeah. I, an I, architect. Thank somebody you. Somebody was talking about this on IMDb trivia. Um, where it was like <laughs> Emotep and the pharaoh said set seti the first um like very different and there's a third guy that they were talking about but honestly it's i'm not i'm care. not a historian it's really not my business um yeah, no. <laughs> this is a fantasy. that's not for us to know <laughs> yeah i mean please feel free to do your own research because also imdb trivia is not a history book um so i just i know for sure you can't trust everything on there because one thing on there said it took four hours to do um an oxydomin's body paint and another thing on there said 14 hours and I think probably four hours is more likely um but anybody can go on there and type whatever they want and some people are going to take advantage of that so just beware <laughs> I found anyway, an article though, that was like a literal historical analysis of it so I'm not going to read it but I'll put it sure. in the references <laughs> if anybody does want it yeah <laughs> But yeah, there's so much world building in the beginning. They're giving you so much information. When I was watching with Ellen the other night, it was really all going over my head. Um, she kept having to remind me of of the the basic facts, like, oh, it's 1926 now. It was three years before earlier. Like, oh, it's been 3,000 years. Um, and then they said 3,000 years, like a million times throughout the movie. And I was like, okay, got it. 
Um, I also think we have to acknowledge the score, especially in that opening mm. scene. The score of this movie is so dramatic and so intense. And I also think very deeply tied to like my formative memories of watching this as a child. So I just have this like visceral emotional reaction when I hear that music. And it's like right there in the opening scene when you're zooming down on the pyramids. I mean, chef's kiss really. It's so gorgeous. Also just to make be less um, eloquent than this lovely guest we have. I really (laughs) personally liked that Emotet and Anaxunam, and I said it right, um, had a legion of men there to help them fuck like to make mm. sure that they could have a special place to fuck. All of those gold boys were like, we're going to make sure it's chill and that Pharaoh doesn't come in and we're going to yes. guard the door. And I thought that, that was super fun. They really thought it through. <laughs> I really did not appreciate that the first time around. It was only watching the second time around and only in the gold guys, like second or third scene that I was like, oh, they work for Imhotep. Like he's the high priest. They're the lower priests. Like got it. Because I thought they were there for the Pharaoh at first. And I couldn't understand why things were playing out the way that they did. Personally, mm-hmm. I think Anaxunaman is in a bad situation where she is having to wear this paint. <laughs> what? You know? That's having crazy. To wear this paint. She can't even, what if she brushes against the door? She could have just brushed against the door. I feel like they could have like concocted some sort of lie before um, immediately stabbing the Pharaoh. But I did like that they're like, hey, baby. We can't fuck, but you want to just kill together? How about we do that? And that'll be our (laughs) new thing that we do. Well, here's my theory. I think that um, they were always planning to kill the Pharaoh because they were there ready waiting. And I think that's why they allowed themselves to get like a little careless in that kiss scene. Um, Because you can see at first the way they're kind of like air touching each other. as though that's like their usual manner of greeting or whatever Mm. they're like sort of stroking the air around each other's faces and then his arm lands on her shoulder so you do see I think it's like a genuine moment of panic when he's like who touched you but they're so immediately ready to do stabbing that I I have to think that that was in the cards for them always on that day I agree and I feel like she's really coming into her power in that moment when she gets to kill Mm -hmm. the pharaoh who has been using her for lord knows how long and she gets to do it with her man by her side and there's just like you know it's a really great moment for her what's her like joy in their eyes I am not she says anymore or something like mm -hmm. that my body is no longer his temple incredible that's way better I mean it's perfect writing this is incredible (laughs) I was like, can we just still make that the opening quote, even though it's in Egyptian? And so no one will know <laughs> what it actually is. I think the vibes are there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would have fought for her a little bit more instead of leaving her to die immediately. I I love that they are so um committed to their religion that they're like, oh, don't worry. You can just like reincarnate me like five minutes from now. I'll die. They're like yeah. so committed. I love that faith baby death is only the beginning yeah true (laughs) like why was Imhotep even left alive though at all is is my question I guess the movie doesn't really need to answer it because they they assume he's gonna die that the little buggies are gonna eat him till he's dead but that's after he tries to resurrect her true but he is just because he escapes right yeah he escapes and she stays there as a diversion Kind of thing. Well, I think she's dead at that point because she killed herself with the sword. Well, at, that's and then when he the takes her body. Come. 
Well, they're probably like, oh, shit, she just killed herself. We got to figure something out. And then they're like, oh, no, they got so distracted. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that they're just just... like, put him in jail. We've got so many dead bodies here. Yeah, totally. Totally. A lot of cleanup to do. Her body paint was so messed up at that point that they all really just had to take a pause. And like they were just like, we just spent so many hours putting this on here. Yeah. 14. You're like, oh, my God, she's messing it up with all that blood what the fuck sad <laughs> exactly uh, i will say why do they have a punishment curse that makes you if you're resurrected all powerful and invulnerable and all the plagues come back like like you know I don't really think they thought it through like maybe they're so sure they're gonna have him trapped in there forever but they straight up are like we've never done this thing I can't remember what it's called we've never done this the horrible the hum die before because it's so crazy but now we're setting ourselves up for a super villain at some point in the unknown future I don't know <laughs> um IMDb trivia was a little illuminating on this subject not super illuminating but a little illuminating on the subject for me I know there's a novelization of this book too that also does like a lot more backstory and stuff for all of the characters so maybe that has more as well mm-hmm. um but while it seems like his punishment is just to die a horrible death it's actually um in theory that he like never dies and is just an eternal torture Mm. um because okay as the high priest he is sacred the scarabs are sacred so the scarabs are eating him and he's sacred which means they're cursed to live forever but he has to eat the scarabs because he needs to eat um and so then he's also cursed with it so it's an eternity of them chomping each other which mm-hmm. is a pretty good eternal curse chomp. to put on somebody yeah the, the that, eternal chomp yes yeah oh, yeah God. i mean that's like pretty fucked up um but also fair they want him to be tortured for the rest of eternity because of his transgressions um mm-hmm. but then there's still that thing though where yeah. they let him out <laughs> it's the seven plagues of egypt come out and he's invulnerable <laughs> literally I would, invulnerable i would argue though they have a whole defense force who's dedicated to the cause of protecting the city it's worked for three thousand years that's not a bad record and that's like tomorrow's problem none of those guys were yeah. still alive when that happened <laughs> they were like yeah they I didn't have care. to deal with it yeah Oh my God. Okay, fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> the, you know, the thing is this watch, I was not thinking I was going to be like a little on Emotet side. Um, and mm-hmm. I was, but I was, I was just like, I just wish that they could have a little moment together, you know? Um, a little they are, kiss. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's just, it's, he loves her so much. He's such a simp for her that he literally yeah. comes back and terrorizes the entire world. Like there's nothing he more romantic his, than that. Okay, but she's just body twice a day. <laughs> if he wanted to, he would. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, no spoilers for the sequel, but I do think that they do a little work to undercut some of this stuff, which is a bummer because I think that they should let it be what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but we love a complicated oh, villain. Do, okay. Yeah. All he 
wants to do is be in love. Um, and the woman that he loves is not in control of her own body, can't be touched by anybody. It sounds sad and lonely. He's a hero, actually. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> There's a read for that. <laughs> That's um, what the actor was doing, though, apparently. He was like, I want to play it straight. Like, I just want to, like, play it about this lady. He he was all in the romance on it. Yeah. And he's really good at opening his mouth real big. So he had it all going on. He oh, yeah. said he apparently got the role after like the first audition. So that makes sense. They're like, imagine this guy completely shaved. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to move past that. Anyway, we can't move on to the rest of the movie though. Um, I just want to give a little shine that, that, that visual effect because the CGI in this is something else. Um, but that <laughs> visual effect where they have like, oh, what is it? Oh, the dog guy, the dog guy statue. What's his name? Not Horace. That's the evil guy. Adonis, Anubis, 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 Anubis. I got there. Anyway, Anubis, they show Anubis in his prime, the statue, and then like it withers away to show that 3000 years have passed. Gorgeous. So I have the... Chelsea watched this on Hulu, but I watched it on my collector's edition DVD. And oh, there are she's some... a collector baby. <laughs> there <laughs> are some special features on the DVD, <gasps> and one of them is about the CGI special effects. Please. And there were some golden nuggets in there. The best one was um, just Brendan Fraser, like swinging a sword very dramatically around a room. They just show what it looks like when there are no CGI mummies there. And he's just like violently wailing away at the air. And then they show you how they layer in the mummies and everything. I mean, that's cool. So so good. Yeah. Apparently he choreographed that like really specifically so he could do it the same way every take. Oh yes. Very intentional. Incredible. He's a, he's a professional, you know, he's a professional. Um, I personally think that, it looks like they spent $15 million on it. And they did. Uh, it looks gorgeous. <laughs> For $19.99, compare mm-hmm. this to, uh, is it House on the Haunting? The ha- House on Haunted Hill? What's the one? House on Haunted Hill. House on Haunted Hill. That looked like shit in comparison to this. This is world building. Come on. And it came out like the same year. No. Amazing. Art. Incredible. Oh, sorry. Not House on Haunted Hill. The Haunting? The, yeah. The Haunting. Maybe. The Haunting. So the yeah, house on Haunted Hill and the Haunt, yeah, and Liam Neeson and mm-hmm. Owen Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> um, but let's talk about Brendan Fraser. Oh yes, let's. He um is. They said that he got the role because he they saw him in George of the Jungle and he had like this slightly goofy energy to him that they wanted for it. Like they uh-huh. didn't want an adventurer who was taking himself so seriously. Um, I think. If that's what they were going for, nailed it. Yeah. Oh, agree. He's giving indie. He's giving Indiana. He's got that vibe. As a big Indiana girl, immediately this was the movie for me. Um, but I just also love that like Georgia Jungle was such a hit. And I feel like they <laughs> did a little like homage to George of the Jungle when he's in the prison and he has the long hair. And I'm like, it's George. Because mm. that's what he looks like in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I just love looking at him. I just oh, think yeah. he's perfect. And he's perfectly cast. And he, you know, you're right. Like he has that goofiness. And what I love so much about the romance in this movie is that 
the hero and the heroine both save each other at different points. And so he, he doesn't have that like hyper masculinity that prevents her from being like the lead sometimes and saving him. He's like just goofy and vulnerable enough that it's just like, Oh, it's just perfect. (laughs) I totally, and he has great hair. Oh yes, I mean really that goes without saying. Oh, really He's the nineties heartthrob hair. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. exactly. At the same time, <laughs> yeah. Adam has that haircut, and um, really great for me. Adam's my boyfriend. <laughs> You'll meet him. Oh, I know. Um, Adam's, Adam's actually podcast. a oh, boyfriend of the pod. He is Adam is the pod, our yeah. boyfriend. <laughs> because you're on the pod, he's now your boyfriend too. So I amazing. Hope it's okay. No, Her husband, husband was now. already really jealous about <laughs> Brendan Fraser. So, <laughs> well, tell him now you got a boyfriend too. So it's fine. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, obviously he is really wonderful here. Um, and I think what is like great about the goofiness is that when he does have like a traditionally could have been played a different way, moment, like that, that kiss and his first meeting with Evelyn, like that could have been a little yuck um, in different contexts and in yeah. different usage. But the way that they like revisit it later when they finally talk about it and they would like have her sass him about it, which I like because it makes it less like this weird thing that happened to her. Um, yeah. But they also have him be like, well, I was going to die. What are you going to do? Like, he's yeah. not trying to be like, oh, oopsie sorry but also he's not trying to be like yeah I can do whatever I want like he's just being like well (laughs) it was my last thing so (laughs) I was just trying to make it nice I I think they did a really good job too of like starting it out kind of stereotypical and then like subverting it throughout the film like it starts out with with um Rick I guess is his name I don't like to think of him as Rick but he's a Rick um Rick, he's being super macho, whatever. He's still being a little goofy, but he's like macho and in the war and blah, 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 blah. And he's fearless and blah, 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 blah. And then Evie, on the other hand, is like the classic, like ditzy girl. Like she knocks over all that shit. So funny. Oh my God. The domino setup of the oval room of bookshelves. Wow. Beautiful practice. Very silly or beautiful in theory. Very silly in practice. Um, I don't think that's entirely her fault because Mm-mm. I googled does Egypt have earthquakes and they do and they're usually <laughs> not super big but you would think that they would like try and secure their giant bookshelves of precious artifacts if they're in an earthquakey region yeah no I, that's it's not on her but she like you don't lean back on a ladder honey you don't do that you will die <laughs> in any she's context. really confident that it would go right at the top of the tea bookshelf too. Like, what if it goes on the bottom shelf, girl? Did you look? She <laughs> knows what's it called? The oh, I she, can't remember what it's called. She's what's the called? only one who can catalog the library. The Dewey Decimal System. She knows oh. the Dewey Decimal System like no <laughs> other. <laughs> but yeah, they start off on these like, you know, stereotypical sides of things. But then like throughout the movie, you see how like, brave uh evie is and how like adept she is actually at doing heroin shit you know um mm-hmm. and then you see brendan or rick god i call him rick fine <laughs> you, you can see, call him brendan Fraser. it's fine i think well i can't call rachel vice evie and then call brendan Fraser. oh my god i almost said brendan vice wow <laughs> he, he should have went he would feminism <laughs> um anyway whatever but like he just he gets like 
you know, softer, dopier. He shows his ineptitudes throughout and she saves his ass a bunch of times. I just- gun trap hole. Yeah. Yeah, twice. Twice she saves him before they even get to Hamadoptra from the hanging yeah. and then the gun. Yes. Oh my God. Also, like, Brendan Fraser almost actually died during the hanging part. <laughs> he, like, lo- he lost consciousness because, yeah- they did he couldn't like totally Baby. keep his feet on the ground and so he was like low-key actually suffocating and yeah, what was he blacked plan out with that? why did they, they film just, it, it like was a like a, it was like a rigging error like it was supposed it to was be the 90s enough. yeah <laughs> I, mean, I think whole... Brendan Fraser loved to do his own stunts but I think he got hurt on like a lot of movies well yeah he, he did his back and that was like that whole thing like stopped acting for a while um but yeah, he also everybody in the movie almost died all the time because they were filming this in Marrakesh and uh, there were all these like bugs that kept biting people and they had to go to the hospital and snakes and stuff. And there was like this quote from Brendan where they're like, yeah, they said, like, look out for that black snake with yellow dots. And if you see that shit run and he was peeing on a rock and he looked down and he <laughs> saw that exact snake and had to book it. Um, and they're all getting like a dehydration all the time. And also they were like really close to the border of another country. I can't remember the name of the country right now, um, where there was like a lot of terrorist activity going on. And so they literally took out terrorism insurance policies on all the actors lives and didn't tell them about it. (laughs) Oh (laughs) my God. It was like high stakes. Great working conditions. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, you know, they made great sacrifice do? to create the most perfect <laughs> film of all time. I think we can say it was worth it. I think we can <laughs> say that. Every... Did they die? No. I mean, oh I don't God. think anybody died. Right? No. Just no. only, pre- oh, oh, just almost Brendan Preacher. Just, oh, just that. And he didn't. So it's fine. And he, and he is doing fine. <laughs> Although that peeing um, story is like such a Rick O'Connell move. Like, is he Rick? <laughs> That is so he in is. character. He wasn't acting. He was just being himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I just want to say also that everybody should have 1920s Rachel Weiss hair. I think that. Um, so fluffy. Is that all so her fluffy? hair, do you think? No. She's got so much, no. if so. No, okay. those curls, though, they're so amazing. And. I just like, it's making me want, I, I'm fine if the little eyebrows come back. That's fine with me. If she carries them so well. She looks like, so great with them. imagine if she had bigger eyebrows, how she would look in that costume. Well, I know how she would look because I've seen other movies with Rachel Weisz. <laughs> yeah. Them, but not with the fluffy hair. Oh, so beautiful. I saw a picture, like a one of the like promo pictures of her from this movie today. And I gasped out loud because it was so beautiful. <laughs> she's stunning and the wardrobe I mean just every she doesn't miss like the first outfit in the library with the long skirt and the little necktie and then at the end in the black dress with the lace trim I mean she's just she's killing it in every scene when they lose all their clothes after the boat fire and she has that like face covering veil thing yes that's another thing I love is that both the hero and the heroine in this movie get their like wardrobe glow up moment like Rick (laughs) has his at the boat when he walks up and she's like oh my god he's cute and then she has hers in the black outfit the camels 
God, she was so hot. So yeah. Do you know who else Still is hot? hot that I don't think we've mentioned yet is um well he has a name, but they never say it in the movie. But his name is Ardith Bay. Um, and he is the guy who joins their crew at the end, who's one of the Magi, um, who the he's also the, very sexy. Yeah, the um, descendants of the Pharaoh's guards who protect Hamunaptra. Yeah, I did they really I work didn't for him. mention him earlier because um he's been someone who's on my top hottie list since the first Always, time I watched yeah. this. He uh, looks uh-huh. like George Harrison, and I have a huge thing for George Harrison, but they look so much alike. Oh, plus face tattoos, which is that adds a whole nother layer for me. <laughs> Everybody and then he loves has one the moment face where tattoo. He, like, yeah, he looks really good with them. Um, <laughs> but he has that one moment where he pulls like his little cap off and reveals like his luscious side part and his locks. And he, like, it's from a distance, but you can tell his hair is great. Um, great hair. But and yeah, they were gonna he's... kill him off in this movie, but they're like, he's so sexy and so fun. We <laughs> can't kill we? him. And so they kept him for the sequel. <laughs> That's like not even a joke though. Like IMDb trivia used the word heroic, but let's not pretend it's not because he was so sexy. He was so sexy. He tried and he he's almost needed. laid his life down for the hottest couple of all time. So, you know. <laughs> well, what's interesting um, is I was doing a little shipping while I was watching this movie the first time around. Uh, and I developed a couple ships and I um, did a little uh, research on an archive of our own to see if other people had picked up what I was picking up. And people hadn't really, but there was some stuff there <laughs> that I hadn't picked up on. Um, and so on my second watch, I was looking for moments. Um, but personally, my ships, obviously Rick and Evie are a power couple, but there are some OT3 vibes there with Ardith Bay. Um and I, agree. I love that. And there's support for that on archive of our own. Um, but the the couple that I really was shipping that you you let me know if you see the vision. Um but Benny and Jonathan. Okay, Jonathan's brother, canonically Jonathan gay. Gay icon. He's so. gay. There's kissing. A, there's a point where Brendan Rick, god damn it. Rick says. <laughs> Like, oh, 14 to one. I don't like our odds. And Jonathan's like, I've had worse. And I was like, he's talking about a gay gangbang. Like, it was just like so clear <laughs> to me. that he- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He said it in a way where I was just like, he's gay and he's had sex with multiple people at the same time. That's what I learned from he's that gay And he survived the orgy. I, <laughs> I, I, check archive of your own for that. <laughs> him and Ardith though which is interesting because I did see a couple moments for that at the end like when they're saying their goodbye to Ardith at the end there is like a little flirty something between them I think um and I'm supportive of that but also you know I love an OT3 and I just think Benny and Jonathan have like one or two moments where they're just both so um scrappy and a little pathetic, um, desperate uh, survival instincts are top fucking notch. Like this skill set is not always there to support the traditional heroic route, but almost every time these two are gonna come out, you know what I mean? Like they're gonna make it to the end almost every time. Um, <laughs> they just have a little cockroach love story, if you ask me. A little cockroach love story. Oh my god! I think. They're very similar. They're kindred spirits, I, love- I think. Yeah, they're little uh 
care. And what, I get- what is it called? Glommers on. They're kind of just like mm-hmm. riding They're on the barnacles. coattails. Yeah, exactly. Barnacles. Um, I have a whole Benny theory. also has strong bisexual vibes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel that. The eyeliner. Um, I have like a big mm-hmm. theory about Benny. And I am this I'm just fact checking something really quickly to make sure that I'm not just actually right. So just give me okay. one second. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, take your time. But my theory is that Benny is to emotet as Bartok is to Rasputin. <gasps> That's so funny because uh, literally in my notes, I was like, why does he talk like Bartok? He is Bartok. He literally is, he Bartok. is Bartok. Yes, that is oh, very astute. I just to make sure it wasn't Hank Azaria or whatever that guy's name is. But Straight up just going to check and make sure that he wasn't the voice actor because their voices just do sound similar, but they're not. Um, That would be too on the nose, but it's the exact same thing. It's like mm-hmm. he get like Bartok is the henchman for an undead wizard man you know it's like the same fucking shit as Emotet um and he like isn't like super down with the vision but he's along for the ride and he's just trying to make it out alive you know um also I feel like there's like a whole allegory to Anastasia like 100% here like you know I kind of think that uh, Fred and Fraser looks like the Anastasia Love Interest guy, mm-hmm. Dimitri. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of there's vibes. There's vibes. They have the same there's hair there. too. That same, same hair. Nineties heartthrob. Nineties heartthrob. Nineties We should do that on the pod. <laughs> there's horror elements. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk about a monster movie. Yeah, I mean, I do think he is like literally exactly Bartok, but I do want to give Benny some props also, though, because I will say um, when they were at Hamunatra and he was with the Americans and the Egyptologist, he was the only one with the brains to run out of the fucking room when they were like, let's open this chest that we literally just read the inscription on that says anybody who opens this chest gonna die. True, but... He was like, I'm Audi, not like you guys need to stop as your guide. I'm telling you that this is wrong, you know? And he also was like, let me green light all of these unnamed men we have with us to burn an acid. Benny is in it for himself. I think we know that it's clear. (laughs) Benny was literally happy to leave everybody to die in the desert if he'd been paid up front instead of only half and then half later. hundred percent. Yeah, I respect that. that. He's like, if you guys want to open this death chest and then die, that's fine. But I refuse to be part of it because I have survival instincts. And don't they serve him well every moment of the day? Like when that mummy comes back to life, although technically somebody was pointing out on IMDb trivia or somewhere maybe, um, Imhotep is not a mummy. He's specifically not a mummy and was not mummified. It's all of the other priests that were mummified. Um... He gets eaten by scarabs and eats scarabs forever instead. Um, <laughs> but important distinction. An important distinction. Um, really? But I love when Imhotep comes back, but he's still all juicy, as they call him. Um, and he has, <laughs> he's taken that one guy's eyes and tongue already, which as I told Ellen the other day, great priorities great priorities he's like I need to see and I need to be able to communicate I need um, to see and I need to be able to talk shit that's what that's I feel bad for that 
sweet man with the glasses who just the sweet man who's grave robbing Alan. <laughs> They're all grave robbing Chelsea. Come on. We're, we're on the moral high ground now. He's very hot and yes. beautiful. And he's, he's a top giving, tier hottie. He's giving beefed up. Uh, oh, shit. I can't remember anyone's name. Journey to Atlantis. Boy. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Milo. Milo Thatch. Dwayne the Rock From Johnson. From the cartoon. Yeah, Isn't Milo he... Thatch. Milo. He looks yeah. like beefed Something. up Milo Thatch. That's who he looks Milo like. Milo Thatch was my mm-hmm. very first crush Milo ever Thatch in my whole life. So, when I always say, I'm like, I like men who are like skinny with fluffy brown hair and wear eye, like, like glasses. It's him. And one skinny little ribbed white tank top. Yep. yep. It's him. He's the template. He's the yep. I love boys with that haircut and glasses and I'm dating one. So it's like, we're <laughs> well. congratulations to you. The <laughs> nice so animated films are so it. relevant this episode. I know. Well, this is a nineties movie. So, and you know, cause I also, in my brain, I'm thinking about Tarzan, um, because of their little out their outfits when they're getting on the boat in the beginning are so Jane and Tarzan and her dad. They are. Oh, don't talk to me about Tarzan. I've got a lot of feelings. About too, too sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, well, something, um, I'm an opera. I said, it wrong. Oh yeah. When he comes back. Oh, I have another question actually, but let me finish my f- first thought before I introduce an additional thought. Um, <laughs> When he, the the juicy Imhotep comes back and Benny starts whipping out all of his necklaces and is like, I've got a oh. billion of these. I'm going to try everyone. Hopefully someone's going to come through. I'm hedging my bets. And then it does work because he pulls out his Star of David and starts speaking Hebrew and Imhotep goes, oh, I know that language. Oh my God, finally someone I can talk shit to with my new tongue. Anyway, my other thought was- That shit was um, fucked up though. <laughs> what he actually yeah. says which i'm not gonna say yeah <laughs> bad well that's history baby bad, but history. um my other thing is he took that sweet man the sweet man um his eyes does imhotep have bad vision now because that guy wore glasses that's a great question he magic is he up nearsighted yeah that guy those glasses were gone and he immediately was like i can't see anything but like he must have very competent um he does have magic powers so i'm thinking maybe he can push through he literally goes my glasses my glasses (laughs) (laughs) which is so relatable (laughs) no that's from you know what though pulling a velma (laughs) another animated property when Imhotep was alive in his first life, they didn't have glasses. So everyone was walking around with bad eyesight. So yeah, maybe no they were just clue. better adapted. He's like, this is fine. This seems normal to me. He's like, exactly. honestly, this is what I was working with before. Maybe even improved. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe that guy had, you know, okay, here's my thing as somebody who has very, very bad eyesight. Um, a lot of people who have a way lower prescription than I do are like oh my god my eyesight is so bad and like I'm sure that feels true to that person and I'm sure there are people who have worse eyesight than I do who think that I'm being a baby yeah but like when people are like oh I can't read this blah 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 I'm just like okay well that's that was my third grade prescription actually um (laughs) so maybe the guy being like my glasses is also just like a little being a drama queen about it (laughs) 
the mm-hmm. 1920s bitch about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So he no probably has like, like a, a lot of adrenaline going in that moment. He's really scared. Like maybe his yeah. vision's just hazing out a little bit. It's just the, the panic that overwhelmed yeah. him. His blood pressure shot up and it made things go a little hazy. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Sure, sure, sure. Poor guy. Poor guy. And the fact that he has to live for another couple minutes in the movie, you know, without his eyes and his tongue. And then he lives he even longer. Got... No, yeah. I yeah. mean, just like movie minutes, but like what days in the reality of the film. Poor guy. Poor... Just gets sucked dry. And yeah. then he gets tricked. Yeah. Tricked into meeting with the exact same guy. Like, <laughs> first of all, the greed inherent in going on this trek to Hamunatra shirt, but then opening the chest that says anybody who opens this chest gonna die. And then taking the little relics and then getting your eyes and your tongue plucked out by a juicy regenerated long dead high priest. And then being like, but even though I narrowly escaped with my life, I do still need to profit. So I am gonna take this meeting with this prince. Um... I just think like bad decisions were being made left and right here. Counterpoint. What else does he have left in that moment, Chelsea? Like, why not take the meeting? Hmm. Have you ever had no eyes and no tongue? <laughs> I feel that there is um life worth living, but like, you know, maybe he thought with all of the riches that Prince could give him, he could buy new eyes I don't know <laughs> he's turned to mysticism and haven't we all in times of need sure, 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 Come sure, on. Sure. yeah mm-hmm. I did love um when they get their flesh sucked out of them so that the pharaoh can regenerate himself I loved the way that they did all of those visuals I, I just think that the horror elements in this movie, though they are va- vaguely few and far between because they were trying to make this not a horror movie. They're fucking really scary. They hit you where you live, okay? <gasps> One, tombs in general, terrifying. Two, bugs. The idea of the scarab, oh my God. Oof. Oh my God. The scene with, what's his fucking name? The warden. Yeah, we didn't even talk he about that He doesn't get named. He doesn't get named. Well, his does... name is Warden God Hassan, apparently. Okay. Um, okay. According to IMDb, but no one ever says that. And uh, he goes in the worst possible way. That poor, poor man. Oh my God. Oh my God. The, any movie with bugs that go under your skin. And there are so, Ugh. why are there so many? Um, Wrong, bad, horrible. It's so big too. Oh. Uh, and the way you see it crawling around, like on his chest and stuff, ugh, ugh. It, yeah, the fact does that it, it go eat their brain—is that what it does? Yeah, it awesome. bur- burrows, burrows, mm, burrows, burrows right through his shoe and then into his foot under his skin and all the way up is just disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> It's disgusting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really didn't like it, and I never have. Um, but apparently, I don't know if this is true because this is to me a juicy little piece of goss. Um, so I'll put it allegedly here. But IMDb trivia, multiple entries on there say that that actor was, for some reason, going commando in that costume during that scene, and his junk kept being exposed when he's like oh and like pulling out his clothes um why 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 
that makes the whole scene so much better. I'm gonna think about that every time I watch it. His dick and maybe right out of frame, his dicks out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, imagine dying like that and your dicks out. Oh, (laughs) that's what the actor clearly wanted. If his dick kept popping out, take after take. It's an artistic choice, Chelsea, and I wish you would respect it as an actor. Um, on that same note, apparently when Emotep is in the desert and filming the scene where he like kicks up the, the wind storm, the sandstorm or whatever. Shaped um, like his face. What? Shaped oh, maybe. Like his face. I don't remember yeah. which one that they were talking they about. all um, are kind of shaped like his face, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I wasn't sure exactly which moment that they were talking about, but I guess there's some scene of him like raising the sand and, you know, he doesn't wear much. He wears a loincloth and they had some wind effect or whatever. And they had to pan up really fast because his butt. (laughs) (laughs) They should have kept it in. If only this was an R rated movie. We could have had more yes, horror and I the butt. More ass. <laughs> I need emotet's ass. It's a real big missed opportunity. They should have just ma- forgot about making up for the losses from Babe Pig in the City and just made it an R-rated movie so we personally could have what we wanted. Give <laughs> the people us what they want. Yes, please. Come on. <laughs> Um, one thing that I totally forgot about, but felt very strongly about while watching this film, if I could have a power, there are ones I choose before this, but one I would consider is the ability to turn into a dramatic, like sad face sandstorm whenever provoked and spin out of the room. That was such an excitingly dramatic exit entrance whatever you want it to be I loved it so much I wish that like like you say something like Chelsea says I'm the singer of the pod and I go <laughs> and I spin into <laughs> my face like <laughs> like oh my god that'd be really good as an Aries and an Aries sun and a cancer moon I feel like it has the anger of an Aries and the impulsiveness but it has the drama and the sadness of a cancer moon and I felt seen I really like Emotet. Anyway, would never yeah. shave twice a day, though. <laughs> the plagues were cool. The plagues were cool. The, the bo- fire the thing I don't think was in the original Bible, but I liked it. The fire rain? Yeah. I googled what were the 10 plagues, and that was not listed, but there's so many different versions of the Bible, you know, so. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't do the dead baby plague in this movie. Yeah. That would have... That's the worst I one. Trump, you talked about that. that. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, apparently that one's still pretty controversial, even with some Christian churches. So maybe they just wanted it to be a family friendly movie. <laughs> Otherwise, Jonathan uh, would have dropped dead. So can you also- imagine? <laughs> kind of a little funny, but sad. Very sad. <laughs> There's not enough sheep's blood in the, the film to, to keep them all safe. Um, I also thought it was fun. I didn't notice the one where there was hail, but there's a hail one and they use dog kibble. I don't know. They did. (laughs) That's the same thing as the fire or the same scene as the fire one. Apparently, but I think the fire really overshadows the hail. And it makes you forget it's dog kibble for sure. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, but yeah, God. they got they got creative. Obviously, the scarabs were CGI, but like some of the locust scenes and stuff, they used real um, grasshoppers at points that had been uh, bug actors frozen. I don't know is quite the word, but but they wanted them sluggish enough to be caught on camera. Um, so they that feels I wrong. Brought their core body temperature down. Um. No one's well, talking no about bug, bug abuse. No one's talking about bug abuse on movie sets. No one's talking Dad, about that. Who will be the Wrong. most right activist? Um, <laughs> I will step up. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the rat that crawled across Rachel Weisz when she's literally chained to the altar, that's a real rat, I think. Rat actor. Rat actor. <laughs> um, I. Uh, she's too brave. I never... For one, I would never give myself over to Emote. Okay, maybe I would. I just said I really like him. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to be consistent. <laughs> um, Let's talk but, about that scene when she gives herself over to him and the yeah. yearning between her and Rick in that moment where they oh. haven't admitted yet that they love each other. But he's watching her go and they zoom in on the eye contact that's happening between the two of them. And he shouts out her name. I mean, it's just like, that is cinema. That is film. You know, that's that storytelling, baby. I want but somebody you know to look at me him? like that. <laughs> you know who comforts him and protects him in that moment? Who? Artist. Is it Jonathan? Oh, <laughs> I was tracking in my notes whenever there was OT3 content. I took a little note down. Wow. I love it. I love it. Oh, I just, it happened way earlier in the movie, but the part where uh, Brendan Fraser gets all dopey because he realizes that he's in love with Evie and he gives her the little gift and he's like, oh, I got this for you. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, uh. It's the best I thing know. I've ever seen. It's the best thing I've ever seen. I know. He's such a little dope for her. It's incredible. He's like, I don't even know what these are, but I don't know. I just found it on the ground and can you just hold it? But it's also a gift for you. <laughs> and I love that she is the one that using those same skills, like saves the day because she's the only one that can read the big tablet or whatever and figures yes. out where the shit's actually buried. Like they've just done such a good job of subverting all of the like damsel in distress tropes. Mm-hmm. Although she does have a very large damsel in distress moment at the end where she is like literally tied to an altar. <laughs> and, they, and she did also awaken the beast in the first place, but it's fine. We forget about that. That's we true. move on. <laughs> That's and true. And she says the worst <laughs> line at that point. Although I've actually um given it a different context in my head. She says like when's a book ever done anything powerful mm. or that's not exactly what she says but that's the takeaway um that reading mm-hmm. has no power when she's literally a librarian but I choose to believe that actually those are harmful words that have been said to her that she's repurposing for her own intentions in this moment because Redemption. she wants to read the book so yeah she's reclaiming them mm-hmm. good for her and good for her yeah she's like oh you probably <laughs> believe this and this is what everyone always tells me so I'm gonna use this for my advantages for once this movie is just another movie and another lesson that I've learned in the past year they should never read anything out loud just read it in your head first and then decide if you're going to read it out loud if you read it out loud bad shit's going to go down you never know what could happen <laughs> but like they should know better than to read ancient Egy- 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 Egyptian. <laughs> 
I was trying yeah, to call it ancient Ajiji. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> That's the brief for Egyptian. It's Ajiji. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that it's like the Egyptologist who was with the Americans also should have been a little more wary, a little, he, he really feels like he should be the expert because she does tell us several times earlier in the film, like, Oh, I don't believe in all that. Um, Although I do love that her boss is like, that stuff is silly. And then she reuses his exact same language later in the film when he's the one who like burned the map on purpose to try and hide the location from them, um, which is sneaky. He did a good job being sneaky and playing it off. Yeah. He can't just go around being like, like, magic is real, but also don't go (laughs) seek it out. You know, he has to be like, no, magic is not real. What are you talking about? Crazy. Yes. Gaslight everyone. That's part of being in the, oh, their guy? secret society. The, right? Yeah. The way quiet. that it was written <laughs> in the subtitles is not what was written on IMDb trivia. And then I did some Googling and um, the Magi, Magi maybe. Magi uh, is what they say in the movie. Yeah. Um, that that was like sound. a real ethnic group originally and then the that word kind of became used to refer to like the police force in general not just like Mm. the ethnic group of people so I think um it's not clear exactly what we're dealing with here um but the subtitles on who said magi like m-a-g-i like a magic person so that's a little confusing to me I feel magic when I look at At Ardeth Bay yeah so yeah I mean he's a he's a good looking guy um but yeah I I I agree I think that they did a good job of like balancing everybody's skills um Jonathan apparently is the one who brings all of the dead priests to life maybe or something like soul those are soldiers okay I think that's what IMDb trivia said and I kept being like when did he do that I those guess are I the pharaoh's sacred bodyguards yeah so those are yeah right? that's what i thought because they that's what i thought because it was the good book that brought them to light the golden book i can't remember what it's called um but yeah so he reads from that and awakens mm-hmm. them but because emotet is so powerful he immediately has control over oh. them because he's controlling the dead spirits but then evie's like no keep reading because she knows all about this book keep reading and then you will have the power over them and so then he does he figures it out after almost getting everyone killed is that when uh evie's having that cool fight with uh uh sing it i can't remember it now anoxunaman anoxunaman i almost said hamanoptra i'm so sorry (laughs) i've lost i've lost the thread (laughs) um but yeah they have a great fight it's Mm -hmm. it's real they're really fighting no it's, it's <laughs> actually them it's not it's not um stunt women or stunt people they're actually fucking fighting each other to the death we made it out <laughs> that alive was not even in the scripts they just started going fucking balls, <laughs> they just balls, crazy each, each, other. each other yeah they were super it's actually just an onset cat fight spat. Um... yeah it was a spat you know how ladies are. You can't have two women in a film without them fighting each other. Oh my God. Valid. Imagine three on a podcast. I, I'm mad. I mean, we're taking it out every fucking episode. Um, but yeah, I, 
I loved at the end too um, how the solution was not that the Book of Amon Ra killed him, but it made him mortal. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was yes. like a little twist. That was Agreed. so good, and he was so shocked because he didn't know. He was like, "What do you mean you just stabbed me in the my tum tum, my freshly shaved tum tum with a big old sword?" <laughs> But it's poetic. Yeah. I mean, that's how Anaxunaman died the first time around. So, yep. Oh God. Oh, someone write a like take the beginning scene and turn it into a whole film, and I will watch it, and I will love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want their love story, like their original love story before all this shit, before they became the villains. They deserve it, I think. Yeah, all of their like longing glasses with that exciting eyeliner that they're wearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm could be nice sneaking mm. around behind the pharaoh's back do you know I what want, like um, the, the tender scene of imhotep like carefully repainting her body paint ooh, after they like had sex in some secret room yeah oh you have a beautiful <laughs> mind <laughs> um i mean i think it sounds great but i'm gonna devote my um energies to benny and jonathan over here i think probably but but maybe it's for you you, ellen i mean maybe maybe that's my next project project yeah Yeah. um but yeah i mean i just think that this movie is obviously so fun um they are clearly just like having a blast making it and doing all kinds of stuff i am sad that benny does not make it out because he got so close he like almost makes it under the closing door the things are like coming down around him he rolls onto the steps so he doesn't get crushed like every every opportunity benny almost comes out winning and then the scarabs get him in the end my guy this is just like when we watched the visit and you liked the rapping like i can't believe <laughs> that you like benny so much he's such a little worm weasel that's why i like him <laughs> That's honestly Chelsea's type. I don't know why you are so shocked by this, Monica. I guess I'm just trying to like reject that fact. My brain won't wrap around it. He looked cute with his eyeliner, but also when he got eaten alive, I was like, get it. No. <laughs> get he it, just Look, he just is living his life. Um, hanging Being out a with a lot of hot dudes. Bitch um you can tell me well I'll save it for for segments later actually um but I think he's an icon and I love him and he's my little baby I know that we always say be gay do crime but just because he do be gay doesn't mean he's allowed to do crime and get away with it the crimes (laughs) are against our beautiful beautiful Rick and Evie, how dare you? And are they did well. crimes first? They're all doing crimes. Well, everybody's killed someone in this movie. So I guess there's we're on an equal playing field. <laughs> the only ones that you could say are totally morally well, innocent is not the word, but they discuss the moral implications with Ardith and um, what's his name? Doctor His name can't Terrence also be Bay. Bay. His, are they related? Bay. No. Okay. Ardith Bay, B-A-Y and Terrence Bay, B-E-Y. Don't know. Okay. I'm looking at IMDb right now. <laughs> Don't know. Interesting Seems choice. Like an oversight. Seems like an oversight to me. <laughs> it is an interesting choice because in the 1932 Mummy, Amhotep's like 
alter ego that he was going by when he was pretending to be a human. And again, haven't seen the movie, so don't really know the context. But he went by the name Ardith Bay with the E and Ardith and A and Bay swapped. And so like I they maybe changed it to make it a little different for a new character, but keep it as an homage. But then why also name that other guy? Steven Steven was doing whatever he wanted, you know? He was so true. Let's just confuse them because no one's going to look at the IMDb for this long and look at all the names. Well, they, and they literally don't even name day. him other than in the credits of the film. But so he was given a name in the script, whatever. Um, anyway. He is also in the second movie and I'm yeah. pretty sure he is named in the second movie. So they just had to set it up, you know? Sure. Um, I'll, I'll let it lie. <laughs> yeah, but they do have that whole conversation where Evie's like, you're killing innocent people. And they're like, yeah, but to save the lives of literally everybody else on Earth. So what are you going to do? I think that's kind of fair. I think it's fair. Classic trolley problem. <laughs> Classic. Oh, my God. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, is there anything else we need to discuss before segments? Nothing about the movie, but one thing that I would just like to, you know, bring up. Can we talk about like a Europeans mummy mania that they had back in the good old day. Do y'all know about this? They would eat mummies. They would use like ground up mummy, like parts as part of paint pigments. Uh, it Ew. was medicine. Why are they There's something about them mummies. using mummies they as would like have, firewood? They would have uh, mummy unwrapping parties uh back in the day like wrapping parties that's weird the victorian how many mummies were like around like where were they finding them so so in egypt like everybody got mummified like that's how you like when you died you got mummified it was just the pharaohs and stuff that got the big ornate yeah that kind of stuff and so everybody in egypt uh was getting mummified and so they were like digging up all of these yeah for like centuries but this was happening in europe so they were going to egypt and just like grabbing a mummy and bringing it home and the ottoman empire made it illegal because they had their hands in egypt and then there became the mummy black market and which became so like profitable This is, I've never heard anything about this in my life. My jaw has been on the floor this entire time. This was one of my, like, this was one of my, like, weird uh, childhood, like, special Mm, interests. You had an ancient Egypt phase. No, it wasn't even that. Oh, no, no, no. You had an Egyptian exploration phase. (laughs) It was the fact that. She had mommy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The fact that Europeans just like to eat mummies. I used to love that was my like fun party fact to come up to when I was like 11 and like meet people to be like, did you know people used to eat mummies? Wow. (laughs) I love it. I honestly love learning about this. I'm reading the book for bones and all right now. So I'm very interested in cannibalism cannibalism. in all of its form. (laughs) Uh, I didn't ever have uh, an Egyptian mummy phase, but like I Really, like, I'm obsessed with bog mummies. I'm obsessed Ugh. with bog mm. I want to be a bog bitch when I die. Like, throw me in the bog. As the someone scientific who's name, fallen, bog bitch. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I currently am a bog bitch. And that's just because I fell in a bog one time when I was in Scotland and my whole ass got soaked. Um, <laughs> and so you can do that now, Sydney, and become a bog bitch in life. And then I'll make sure that you're thrown in the deepest bog in Scotland when the time comes. Um, but yeah, there, there's something about the like, chemi- not chemicals, but like the the way the bog is and like, the salinity your body goes in there it like turns you into a beautiful beef jerky version of yourself like you look like a person still your hair stays on and you're just a little leather guy or big leather guy or girl or whatever you're just completely preserved and I thought that they were all like Scottish people or Irish people a lot of people in that area have red hair and I was like oh my god all these redheaded people have been turned into bog mummies. But no, no, it's something about the like about the water that turns the hair red. So it's not just mm. only ginger people are bog mummies. Just to be clear, <laughs> that's what I thought for a really long time. But I saw a bog mummy in real life, and it was really cool. Anyway, we can talk about the movie again. <laughs> uh, no, I want to keep talking about different kinds of mummies. Uh, those are like the only two I know about. I need to know about more kinds. <laughs> Well, I know that there are some other types of mummies, but I don't know anything about them because there is a third mummy movie and I think it takes place in China or somewhere in East Asia. Asia. Yeah, I have no idea where mm-hmm. exactly because I've never seen that movie because it came out in 2008. Um, and it doesn't have Rachel Weisz. doesn't have Rachel Weisz. No, I know. And the second one's so good too. And then they waited seven years and they cut my girl and like it, it was at a weird time in Brendan's career. So it did not go well. Um, oh, okay. Wait, I'm just going to talk about all iterations of the mummy. Now, here we go. We got me started. Mm-hmm. You can't stop mm-hmm. me now. Um, oh, did you know about the DCU again? Did you know that for this movie, the 1999, the mummy, they offered the role to Tom Cruise and he said no. And then that fucking bitch dragged his little baby corpse back to the universal. It was like, mommy the guy in 2017 or whatever that shit came out it's not like that they probably offered it to him again but he came back and he was the mummy guy for the bad one that came out recently and it was such a fucking trash fire that people like to they scrapped the entire dark universe they scrapped the entire dark universe because it was so bad i wouldn't say that it's tom cruise's fault that it was so bad it was the writing and russell crowe um that made it so bad but Mm. I think honestly, Ellen, I think you should watch it if you haven't, just so you can see it just gives you perspective on yeah. the franchise. <laughs> Some context for my mummy knowledge. Yeah. It's um, I think probably it egregious. must have flopped though, because they didn't sacrifice a babe and pig in the city the year beforehand. Mm. No, it's so true. You're so right. But it's also because they tried to create a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen type film where they brought in every single monster guy. And like they had Jekyll and Hyde and everyone was like, what? Like you didn't market this as a thing where that's going to happen. We thought we were just getting a really sexy mummy because the mummy girl's really hot in that movie. I will give she was really hot. Uh, Yeah, that's when it ends. That's where the good things end. It ends there. (laughs) And then you have one sexy lady, not enough to carry the film. Mm -mm. It was like agonizing to watch, but I just thought it was so funny that he like was like, no, I'm too good for 1999 the mummy and it was a smash hit and then he came back and he's like oh okay well now that's fred and fraser did all the work for me i'll just come in and make millions <laughs> no 
put him in his place. Scientologist. Anyway, we can talk about Thank it. Thank God he turned it down. Thank God he turned it down because no one can do Rick like Brendan Fraser. I think also offered the roles to like Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and mm-hmm. Leo DiCaprio apparently really wanted to do it, but he couldn't get his schedules in order. Good. <sighs> he already had a floppy hair movie in the 90s. I was going to say he did have the hair. His- but he had that his time. <laughs> I don't really buy that he could hoist people overboard the way that no, Brendan Fraser was doing. That's because yeah. 90s Brendan Fraser was like a the body, you know? Like he, when he, he was. Like would you was think the like himbo. hot 90s like bods? I know some people will say Brad Pitt in Fight Club. They're wrong. It's all Brendan Fraser. Like mm-hmm. it's Brendan for me, baby. Mm. Me too. <laughs> anyway, are we ready for our segments? I think segmentos. Let's do it. Okay. Well, we start off our segments the same way every time, Ellen. Um, it's the best part of the whole podcast. How could this movie be gayer? <laughs> Jonathan could Should kiss I go first? every single first. person on the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jonathan, he seems like somebody who would do a lot of kisses. So I just think it would actually really be great for his character, a great character study for him to do some kissing I, with Benny specifically for me, ideally. But he could also kiss a mummy too. Like, I think that would be fun. Oh, he, he was in bed with a mummy. So What's he could have kiss? easily in that moment did a little <laughs> with its little skull, the little smooch. Yeah, I think. Smooch. Yeah, I mean, um, the reason that we're doing this movie, besides the fact that it's Ellen's favorite movie and that it's everyone's favorite movie, is because <laughs> it is the quintessential bisexual movie. Um, oh, yeah. And I read this really interesting article. Um, it's on like I think Polygon. That's a website, right? Polygon. That sounds okay, we're gonna... right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But I could be wrong. Um, and it's just like. It's about like the queering of films that are like canonically straight. I know we're going to find 20 ways to make it gay, but none of these people are like, I'm gay on screen. It was 1999. Um, but like, it's got the sexiest cast. Everyone around there is making you, is making you feel horny if you're me or alive. Um, and it was just a really, and if you have eyes, um, it was a fun, like cool rumination though, about like how like queer people like have to take what we can get um and like create representation where we can um and it was just focused on this film and also Thor Ragnarok so I think it's a really good read (laughs) um but yeah I mean this movie inspired all of the millennials to figure their shit out you know um and how could you not be so inspired Again, I'm just staring into Rachel's eyes right now on the IMDb, and it's been very inspirational the whole episode. <laughs> I think that Evie and Anoxana Moon could have had a little tension-breaking kiss in their fight scene, you know, know. on the table at I, the end. Change I think the whole rest of the movie right at each other. Get rid of the end of the movie. She's still a mummy, an Oxenomen. She's still a mummy. They're fighting. Then all of a sudden they like get really close and they grab each other's wrists and they're like, oh my God, uh, should we, should we? And then they kiss and the magic of their gay love turns an Oxenomen back into sexy golden painted body version of herself with the cool glitter hair. Um, and then they live happily ever after and Emotet just like 
he can be around or he bursts into flames. Those are the two options. Well, I, I mean, they could do an OT3 thing with them as yeah. well because yeah. um, there was a line in the script that got cut um, where Rachel Weiss says that Imhotep is gorgeous the first time she sees him fully human. Um, and obviously he likes her because he's kissing on her and projecting an oxynomen onto her, which is a little weird because... When he was doing that, I assumed it was because he was going to put a Noxunaman soul into her body because a Noxunaman's body is very old now. Um, but that was not what he was doing at the end of the movie. Um, so clearly he just also likes her. Um, and I think that they could, you know, a Noxunaman and Evie could find solidarity and comfort and support in each other as well. Um, I love this in their own. Yeah, path in a man's world, etc. Um, did you see that on archives? Archives of our own? Did you see that? I didn't. Um, but that what? doesn't mean it's not there. It just doesn't mean it wasn't the top shit so listed. Time to start um, writing when you can sort by <laughs> romance. Yeah, but I mean, okay, so that's one OT three. Um, Rick, Evie, and Ardith is another. Um, they have lots of little moments where they are paralleling each other and being partners and acting in tandem. Um, they have their hands on each other at several different times throughout the film. Um, Evie doesn't really have a moment with Ardith per se, but he does his whole like save the girl thing. So I'm, I, I'm counting it. Um, <laughs> Like I said, there's like a little Ardith Jonathan flirtation at the end. Jonathan and Benny have some compatriot moments. Benny, I think, is a little slut. Um, you can't tell me that he and Rick didn't have some friendly hookups when they had lonely nights being in the army. Um, that's classic I army just... behavior, first of all. Well, okay, yeah. I just like hate this narrative you're painting where Benny is an option for Rick at all. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? He's a little boy toy. Um, and Ray everybody ben. loves him. That's him and Imhotep also. It's called Punch Up, Monica. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, 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 fair. <laughs> I'm not saying Rick seeks Benny out. I'm saying I think Benny's like, hey, I'm here whenever. And Rick's like, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at war. You know, there's not a lot of options. This is my pal Benny right here. I could die um, at any moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think that... Benny's a bisexual icon and he, you could ship him with anybody with ease. What if <laughs> Benny ease. is the reason that this movie inspired a generation of bisexuals? The, yeah. Because okay, he was the blueprint. Okay, but here's Lower. the thing. Benny the bi blueprint. But yeah. here's the thing. Uh, what is that thing where it's like bisexuals love the most beautiful woman ever and a man who looks like a literal rat? Yeah, like a little that, worm man. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody, nobody here is straight, I hesitate to say. All those American guys also were kissing each other, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> They're way too close. That's the most American thing a man can do is kiss another man. 
<laughs> God bless Firing their guns, doing stink. nighttime kisses. They kiss the homies goodnight, I think. You gotta. As you should. They're on a daring adventure. You gotta give them a little soothing at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, next segment. Yeah. So where would Matthew Lillard, our boy, fit into this film? He could be Benny. <laughs> he could also he very could easily be, be Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah, he could. Do you know what I was thinking, actually, when I watched it the first time is um, if you really wanted to make this movie gayer, not that I don't think that racial vice isn't wonderful, but if he played Evie um, and you gave him some little smart librarian moments and also some damsel in distress moments, I think he would have a lot of fun with it and I think he would kill it. Okay, fair, but also I would like to see him in this. Brendan Fraser kiss so yeah me too yeah me too Rachel yeah. Weiss could we could sorry to the guy who plays Jonathan because I do really like him and I think he's wonderful but if Matthew Lillard was playing the love interest for Rick O'Connell I think we could give Rachel Weiss a different role he could be Jonathan yeah her loving shiny objects would make so much sense and then she could the just be yeah, she could be like a slutty little Lucy Goosey, rich Nepo baby who loves to party, like a little party girl, like a little party heiress. A little party she would heiress. shine in that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like, I don't want this to happen, but like, okay, sure. I just, if we just love her little eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, if we're creating a parallel universe that doesn't negate the existence of this version of okay, the mummy, fine. but we get a second fine. version of the mummy. Fine. Mm-hmm. In the remake. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, this is not the same movie, and I'm spoiling when we do the sequel because we will. But what if Matthew Lillard was the Scorpion King? <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Lillard as the Scorpion King. If you've seen that movie, you can picture that CGI at the end. Um, just picture that with Matthew Lillard. I won't say anymore. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> Did you? Know I can't picture that, it, that... but I trust that it's beautiful. It oh, is it's horrifying. It's a, the beautiful, a beautiful nightmare. <laughs> okay. This this franchise is so important because this franchise launched The Rock's career. Yeah. Oh, was he the Scorpion King? He's the Scorpion King, and that was his debut role. Uh, I thought you'd seen it, because you were talking about it, the sequel. I have seen things on Tumblr, I guess. Maybe I saw it at one point, but I don't remember it. Yeah, he he, his first role is as the Scorpion King in Mummy Returns, the second one. How interesting. And then he's, like, really not in it very much. And then, like, the, people were so inspired that it spawned a uh, spin-off movie series called The Scorpion King. And that was, like, his big, big mm. first role. And everyone fell in love with him. And now we have Dwayne The Rock Johnson, highest paid actor in Hollywood. Well, I also have The Scorpion King Collector's Edition DVD. So, I've never you know. seen it. Does it slap? Medium. Mm. Medium. It's, well, yeah, it's clock. medium. I would say it's medium. It's certainly not okay. the mummy. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Well, it could never. Interesting. Sorry, Dwayne. Interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I think okay. a lot of characters in this, in the first one, also, it was like their debut film role or like their first big role. You said somebody else at some point. Um, and I think also 
the guy who played Ardith Bay, um, Odid Fair. It was his like first film role as well. So launched a lot of careers. Yeah, it's important. It's part of film history. Okay, um, <laughs> which everything actually is if you think about it. But anyway, <laughs> um, so that brings us to the age-old question: Who's the dumb bitch in this movie? And it's Benny. <laughs> <laughs> why benny unless you're benny's not dumb feelings yeah benny's benny's one of the not dumb around here fine fair but i was trying to be antagonistic because i love yeah, the, I fight. Can tell. <laughs> the warden is definitely the dumb bitch i'm gonna say it is all the people who are going to egypt and being like you know what i'm gonna take all this stuff it's mine now back to the british museum we go like literally grave robbing for the british monarchy of all things it's have a all little respect. those europeans coming to egypt to eat all those mummies mm-hmm. <laughs> wait why the warden why not the warden he tries to steal the scarabs for what he thinks he's gonna get a lot of money for a bug and then they kill him do you think he thinks it's like a little jewel no he literally says wow blue gold he literally says that in the movie and we're like what Mm. about this well he says they'll catch a mighty fine price is what he says but to me that's just a bug so i disagree hard disagree and then he dies i guess i assumed that with his dick out sculpture of a bug made of precious material he literally says blue gold i don't know i like why I does promise. that mean bug to you though no it is a bug it it's is shaped a bug. like a bug no i know i know it's a bug because it's revealed to be a bug when it falls to the floor and cracks it looks and like a bug body. when it's there it's a it's have you like seen a... sculptures before they look like the <laughs> things that they're meant to look like I don't, understand I don't understand what your argument is here. That he <laughs> thought it was like a gem that was sculpted or not a gem because you can't sculpt that, but like precious material sculpted to look like scarabs that were like implanted in the wall like art. And so he's like taking the gem out of the wall is what I thought he was doing. Well, if he had read his history, he would know about the home die curse and that the scarabs are involved in it. And if he's finding them in a tomb, maybe leave them there. Maybe just leave them there and let them carry out their curse. Don't fuck with it. He's also literally dumb because he was trying to kill Brendan Fraser. So what the fuck? That's the dumbest shit I ever heard in my life. And also, do you remember the negotiation scene between Evie and him? And he's Mm -hmm. like, she's like 20 and he's like, what he's like 20 she's like 40 and then she's like 30 and he's like 25 and he yeah. like <laughs> undercuts himself because he's an idiot um yeah he's i also do have the moment on the boat where he's like what should i do and brendan Fraser's <laughs> like wait here i'll get help and then he just starts <laughs> yeah. overboard and then the guy's like okay for one second then he's like man um <laughs> i don't think it's a bad nomination i just wanted to hear your reasoning because to me, the dumb bitches are the guys who read the chest that says, don't open or you'll die. And then they immediately open it. And also a little bit of Evie for reading out loud the a thing. Just Evie. like a yeah. little bit, you know, like we love her. Yeah. But girl, and also thinking she can man this uh, uh, trip by herself, you know, like with like three mm-hmm. other people. Girly, you are a librarian. 
She did know ride that strength, camel faster than anybody weaknesses. else did. She did we that little like, tick, 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 tick. Yeah. She did. That was, that was like sexual to me. That whole, every part of that. I was like, wow, keep, 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 keep it, girl. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I okay. mean, I also think of those three, of the guys who opened the death chest um Mm -hmm. I would say that Dr. Alan Chamberlain is the dumbest bitch of them all because um he's actually probably the smartest actually but he's the most outwardly misogynistic and says what could a woman do um and so fuck it I think we got a lot of options though (laughs) I'm willing to go with the Egyptologist both because he's one of my nominations as a group, but he has the knowledge where you would really expect him to know better more than the Americans who of course are not going to be taking this seriously. But if he's an Egyptologist, he should be more familiar with customs and cultures enough to be like, maybe we don't risk it. And then they all stole an urn from in there, but then they left the broken one. Um, if you're stealing for money, the broken one is still going to get you money. Why would you leave it behind? They didn't want to get a little cut. Smart. <laughs> Nomination <laughs> revoked. <laughs> Who knows what series of diseases are on that? It had an organ in it, okay? <laughs> okay, I feel like it's like a tie for a lot of people, but the Egyptologist is up there. We got a lot of There's- dumb fucks in this Dumbitchery to go around, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I guess that brings us to our knives out of fives. And it's time for Chelsea to set the scene. Tell us this got 15 Oscars, right? And it did get nominated for an Oscar, actually. Um oh. it got nominated for an Oscar for best sound, but don't get your the score. I said because the score. yeah, you're right. You're right. Although sound um, is probably not the music. Sound is probably like sound design. I, it's, this this score's part Whatever. of that. Um, I think it still counts. Yeah. But actually, the the ratings on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes are lower than I would expect for the fanfare this movie has gotten both at its release and over the years. Um, because on IMDb trivia, not on trivia, but just regular IMDb, um, this movie has a 7.1 out of 10. Um, and then on Rotten Tomatoes, it has 61% from critics, which is still fresh. Um, and 75% from audiences, which is also fresh, but just like lower than I was expecting overall. Um, I feel rage. I feel rage. I feel rage. Yeah, criminal. <laughs> it's surprising. It should have 99%. It should be the highest rated thing on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I mean, I do think there's room for improvement in this film. A lot of it is, I think, being a product of the 90s, like... Um, I mean, I, I, it was less racist than I thought when I watched it the second time around, because I was really not sure who we were supposed to be rooting for in the beginning. And then when I realized that the voiceover was Ardeth Bay being like, we're the Magi and we're actually protecting the world from this horrible plague. I was like, okay. So like, they're not being presented as this, these evil, mostly nameless, mostly, um, they're just to die horribly villains. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, you know, it wasn't the greatest portrayal, um, overall that said, again, it was the nineties. Um, so I just, I don't, this, the standards were not what they were culturally at the time. Um, 
the storyline I think is great though you know what I mean like I think that it's a strong script I think they're strong performances from all of the actors the CGI I am sure was very impressive at the time although that one time when the mummy um one of the priest mummies faces gets like launched into the camera I was like did this movie come out in 3d and was that like a 3d thing because it's a little spook for you a little scare (laughs) I think the ride was in 3d maybe um so that must be what I'm the ride no you don't wear glasses Mm -mm. well I have a memory but maybe I made it up Um, um all I really remember is the part where you're like going in the tunnel and they must have been like screens on the walls or something and then they like get covered in scarabs and they do this like air effect so that you think they're climbing on you and I didn't like it and I still don't Mm -hmm. like it but now it's Fast and the Furious no it's not isn't it no no the what the mummy ride isn't it gone do you think the mummy ride is gone? Oh, honey, let me tell you right now, it's still there. Don't worry. What? They would never get rid of that ride. No, Why it's like I such a good ride. I was there. No, the Fast and Furious is not a ride. It is, um, it's part of the tram. I know a lot of, I've gotten your oh, yeah. like an insane amount of times. The, the, the Fast and Furious thing is like a weird, like video screen thing that's part of the tram ride now. And I still like it because I'm a huge Fast and Furious girly, but, um, no and then also down there they have the transformers ride and that ride i think you do wear glasses for that ride which is in the Mm. same area so maybe that's why you're thinking that and that ride slaps even though transformers is a weak franchise i think the mummy must have just been closed for construction or something last time i went it's right across from jurassic park don't worry sad for me i would be enraged you've seen how i am about how they got rid of power of terror um uh, so i would feel way even more furiously rageful well i'm glad to know and yeah. i'm sorry for the lies that i've spread previously to no no others. it's okay <laughs> it's okay i just i'm here to set the record straight it's Smart. all right you're Good. all right thank Wait, you okay so so what's your what's your rating um i would say that i don't want to offend anybody but i would say that generally i'm a little less passionate about the mummy than everyone else seems to be and i don't think you guys are um wrong i just think like it's not as for me as other movies have been um but i do still think it's really good and i think it would have been better if benny was the main character um just kidding um, oh my god <laughs> no she's trying to fight me benny's fight you with the americana tomorrow when we go see megan <laughs> um but i would probably give it like a solid 4.8 nines out of fives Hell yeah. That's Let's respectable. I thought you were going to say something really bad with how yeah, you went no, to that. That's still like really good. That's still I like. I just feel a little peer pressure to do more. You know what I mean? Especially because I'm not going to fight you on your score. So is that I'm not your fight you honest? about Benny, but I'm not going to fight you about your score. <laughs> no, I am honest. I powered through so bravely. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you want to go next, Ellen? I mean, for me, it's obviously five knives out of five. I mean, I just. There's no other option. I think that this movie is so formative for me mm-hmm. in my like understanding of what a good romance is, um, yeah. good 
dynamic between characters who are falling in love, um, all of those delicious things I love about stories. Like it was just, it played such a big role in that for me growing up and I've watched it probably every year of my life. And so it is like so close to my heart that even if it was very bad, I think I would still give it five just because it's like mine in a way that I'm sure a lot of people feel like it's theirs. Um, Yeah. I agree that there are probably some ways that it could be better, but I would not change anything about it. So that's what I'll say. (laughs) I'm right there with you. This is a five out of five for me too. It's just so much fun. I like did not plan my week well um, to make time to watch this movie. So I watched part of it yesterday and then the rest of it this morning at 630 in the morning. And it was a (laughs) beautiful way to start my day. I was like in and out of consciousness, but I've like seen it enough times that um, that didn't matter at all. Um, It's just it's so good. It's so soothing. It does have some fun, good scares too, and stuff that makes me go ick the big, big time. Wow, I just something happened to me. I don't know. I'm just emotional. <laughs> ick the big. <laughs> I just started to do a little beatboxing. I'm sorry. Uh, Not just yeah, regular I mean, ick, but ick the big. <laughs> I was saying big. <laughs> anyway, I just, I love this movie. It's so good. I'm so glad we are starting off 2023 on such a high note. I'm going to do a 4.5 out of five for the, and the only reason is that it's over mm-hmm. two hours long and I think yeah. it's like a tad shorter. And I was just having, I had to watch it three times cause I couldn't focus, but I mm. got to watch it three times. So, you know, like, but Oh God, a little present for you. Yeah. <laughs> I like could not focus on this movie. I was like, there was just so much going on and like different things. And I was like, Oh my God. It's yeah. It's fair. It's fair. Wasn't the vibe at the moment, but thank you for still giving it a nice score. (laughs) Well, that's it for our our episode on The Mummy. It is a beautiful film with our beautiful guest, Ellen O'Clover. Before you go, would you like to tell all of our spookies where they can find you and your book online or in bookstores even maybe? Yeah, I would love to. So my book, 7% of Road Devereaux, comes out a week from today, January 17th. Um, it is about a senior in high school who creates a future predicting app based on the game MASH for her senior project. And when it unexpectedly goes viral, she and her app predicted Perfect Match, who also happens to be her ex-best friend slash enemy, are thrust together as the app's spokespeople and have to navigate their senior year as it starts to spiral out of control. Um, You can find it anywhere books are sold. It's available for pre-order now. And you can learn more about me and my books at www.ellenoclover.com. And I'm also on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at ellenoclover. Yay! That sounds so <laughs> That's good. I'm so excited. Thank you. Really thank you. I'm a big YA girly, and so oh, I'm yes. in. Maybe I'm this in. will be our book club book. Yeah, <laughs> and you guys are not going to hear it on the episode, but if you go to social at some point in the next week, you can find all four of us playing a very special game of Mummy Mash. Uh, so uh, Ellen and I have prepared that for the four of us to play and we'll leave a blank one for anybody who wants to play at home later oh my god that sounds so much fun I can't wait (laughs) okay so next week is a very very special week because it's one that Chelsea has been waiting for 
for how long has it been since the trailer came out? I th- I've been waiting my whole life. I think I yeah. always knew it was on its way. Fair, fair, fair. You want to tell him? Yeah, I mean, you know how we love to take a special little themed event here and actually bring it back for a one-week sequel. Um, so instead of doing Sharky one week, we're doing Doll one week next week because Doll week, week. Doll do week. Um, we just have to give. Megan her full respect and our new bestie our new member of the family Megan is hitting theaters it's already out by the time you're listening to this episode um I've seen it already everyone else needs to catch up Um, I'm watching it tomorrow (laughs) yeah it's it's gonna be fun to talk about I think um I can't wait to discuss it as the, as a listener, can you believe that we are returning to the James Wan universe so soon after we just shat on Insidious for an hour and a half just a month ago? But we're coming back. See, we can uh, have an open mind, I think. <laughs> I think, but he I didn't think. direct it and he is, he's one of the story writers, but he's not one of the screenplay writers. So oh, I think okay. he, he was a big idea guy for it. And I love that for him. He gave um, it a little kiss and then he let it go. And, that and then he better. said, be free. Yeah. And then Megan came straight into our lives to make everything better. Wow. I can't wait to have my life changed. It's going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, also, it's the new year. It's 2023. And just in time, you guys got us to our goal for 2022 which is to get 100 reviews on apple Podcasts, and we're very excited about it that said we can always do more and we always want more <laughs> compliments um so let's like set the bar low let's i'm looking for 150 that's my next that's my stretch goal for 150 um so why not go and make our day and give us a five-star review on apple Podcasts or on spotify we got a lot of reviews on there too we're getting close to 100 over there too um, and why not follow us on all of our social media? We're at spooky underscore Tuesday on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at spooky Tuesday pod on Facebook and Tumblr and at spooky Tuesday on letterbox. And don't forget it's a new year. You might have a new YouTube video coming for you. Maybe you don't know. And if you Maybe. don't subscribe, <laughs> if you don't subscribe, you'll never find out. So do that. And, uh, thanks for listening. Happy new year, babies. Bye, Spookies. Well, if it ain't my little buddy, Benny, I think I'll kill you. (laughs) Think of my children. You don't have any children. Someday I might. Shut up. Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff, and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara. And our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore OMG.